My name is Joe. I'm the associate pastor here at Real Life, and it's my pleasure to be back with you. It's been a few weeks since I've been here. Uh, a few weeks ago, I took a bunch of uh, amazing, rowdy students up to a cabin in Cascade, and we had a winter camp, and uh, it, was, it was just an amazing, amazing, powerful time with those students, and uh, God did an amazing work. You saw a video last week uh, just highlighting some of the things that we did, but um, that was an amazing time, and then uh, the following week, uh, weekend, uh, my wife and I, Jane, we celebrated 20 years of marriage, 20 years, man, I'll tell you. Killing it, killing it, 20 years. Um, but uh, so that was, that was a good time. It was, it was uh, um, a nice break. And, uh, but I'm, I'm really glad to be back uh, with you as we uh, wrap up a sermon series we've been going through called Win Your War. And really kind of the heart of this series is, is just about talking about how to win that war in our hearts and our minds uh, that take place. And, and really understanding that uh, we have to be able to conquer these wars that, that we, we battle in our hearts and our minds if we're, if we're ever really going to be uh, people that can win the battles that we face outside of our hearts and mind out, out in the world. Uh, we've got to start inside first. And, uh, and so we've been walking through um, how to actually do that. And... Um, and, and it's interesting about a concept like this because uh, there are sometimes statements that you'll hear in, in Christian circles when you're struggling uh, with things that are going on inside of you. And, and, and you'll hear statements like, oh, just, you know, you just got to have faith. You know, you, you just got to believe in Jesus. And, uh, well, you just got to, you know, you got to read your Bible more, or pray more. And, and all those things, like, may be true, right, in principle, right? Like, okay, uh, I need to trust. I need to, all those things. But sometimes aren't very helpful when we're in the moment. Uh, when we're going through it. And what I've appreciated about this series is the practical nature that we've been walking out what this looks like. How do you work out actually winning these battles that we face in our hearts and our minds? And so just to give a, a, a quick recap, as Justin's led us through in the previous weeks, we've talked about um, you have to choose, right? That you ha actually have a choice uh, what you'll believe and what you do believe. And so to understand, I, I can actually choose what I believe and working through what that looks like, your beliefs and thoughts, and, and you can choose to actually win uh, that war in your heart and your mind. Uh, you, you begin to capture uh, you take hold of the negativity, the negative thoughts, the lies that you tell yourself or the lies that the enemy tells you. And you can capture those things and, and, and submit them under, under Jesus and uh, make them obedient to Christ. You can experience um, uh, God's best when you redirect your thoughts to the truth. And you proclaim those truths over your life. So you capture the, the lies that you tell yourself and the enemy and, and you redirect your mind and your thoughts to the truth that God uh, declares over you. Uh, and then you begin to renew your mind. You take the activity of renewing your mind through prayer, uh, submitting to God's uh, way, his rule and reign on the earth and, and even reframing your perspective, your, your ability to reframe how you see the world. Uh, these are all ways that that you begin to, to uh, uh, renew your mind the, the way that you begin to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and, and you begin to win the war. And so we've been going through all of this and today uh, the fifth step in this is we're gonna talk about entering into God's rest. Entering into God's rest by letting go of fear and experiencing the peace that comes from being still. 
the peace that comes from being still. And so that's where we're, we're heading uh, uh, here today. And I really hope that you've en- enjoyed this series and I, and I hope today is, is useful uh, for you. Um, this is one of these series that y- you keep in your back pocket. Um, because undoubtedly you'll be going through times in your life of struggle in, internally um, and, 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 and the war will be raging on inside and you'll need to remember, remember the things that we talked about. So if you've been taking notes, these, these are the notes you leave in your Bible because you'll want to revisit them. Uh, this, is, this is a sermon series. You go to the podcast, you download, you keep it in your back pocket because uh, as life goes on, we forget right? We're, we're not so different than the Israelites in the wilderness, right? Like you, you forget real quick uh, what God has done and, um, and we need to go back to, to these truths. Um, and so uh, I've, I've been excited and I've appreciated where Justin's led through this. And, and my prayer today is that as we talk about entering into God's rest, um, uh, that this will be something that will bless you uh, as well as we wrap up this series. So uh, to get us going here, there's, uh, uh, there's the psalm, Psalm 46, verse 10. There's the psalm, and, and it goes like this. It says, be still and know that I am God. Now, when pastors talk about verses in the Bible or stories in the Bible, you often, they, also pre, pre, uh, um, uh, they also say things like, you know, oh, this is my favorite verse in the Bible. And then they'll share the verse, right? Oh, this is my sto- favorite story in the Bible. You know, and they'll share their story. Oh, this is my favorite, you know, book of the Bible. And they'll, they'll talk about it. And then the next week, it'll be a different verse or a different book. Oh, this is my favorite verse in the Bible, right? And then the next week, oh, this is my favorite. It's like, okay, we get it. Like, all of the Bible's your favorite, all right? You can just say that, right? Um, so th- here's the thing about this verse, though. Um, um, if I dare say it, this is actually a verse I really don't like. <laughs> Can I say that? Like, is that okay for a pastor? I, this is one of those verses I actually don't like. I don't like it because it hits me the wrong way. And, and here's why, right? And I, and I understand, like, I don't really mean I don't like it. I just don't like it because it challenges me. It actually challenges me because I'm the type of person that doesn't like to be still. Do we have anybody like that in here? I don't like to be still. I am not a still kind of person. I am an active person. I am I'm a busybody. I, I, I just like to be going. I like to be doing. I don't like to sit still. Uh, this last summer, I got to visit some family in Alabama. And my cousin, uh, uh, spending time with her, and we had a moment in the trip where we were in between doing things, and we were at her house, and we were sitting on the couch, and uh, as we were sitting down, I'm like, oh, I just want to get up and do something. So I got up, and I started moving around, I started hearing chuckling behind me, and I'm like, what's going on? I look back, and I see my cousin and Jane laughing, she's looking at her watch, and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, we were just timing to see how long you would sit still. <laughs> I made it like two minutes. Right? That's just the this way I am. I like to get up. I like to move around. I, I just can't sit still. So this idea, this command to be still, it just rubs me the wrong way because I, I wrestle with it. Now, it's all fun in that, like, yeah, okay, we like busyness, and, and there are many of you that are probably like me. You like to you like to just to be going, uh, and that's important. But as I've been reflecting in on my own life this past year, I've become aware of some things inside of me. And this is a moment uh, where I'm going to share some transparent things about me. And what I share about me may not apply to you, um, but I'm guessing it it may in some ways. um, Is I share some of things in some transparent ways about what's going on inside of me. Um, My prayer is that 
that maybe you would be self-reflective in your own self and we can go on this journey together. But as I've discovered in myself why I act the way I act and why I am constantly wanting to be busy, I have found within myself that there are fears that I have. There are fears inside of me that have led me to be this kind of person where I feel like I have to be going and on all the time. I just have to be going all the time. There's things that I've believed um, that sit inside of me and these fears that I battle um, that kind of have made me who I am today. And I'm wrestling through those things. I've had fears inside of me like, um, if I don't work hard enough, I won't be able to provide security for my family. So I have to just work the hardest so I can make sure that my family has everything that they need, so that they're taken care of, so that they can have the quality of life that, that I want them to have or hope for them to have. And so I have to just, I can't stop because I have to make sure that they're okay. I have a fear of being alone, that people will leave me. And so I work nonstop because if I can just show them the value I can offer, they won't leave me. If I work hard enough, people will see that I'm valuable in their life and they won't abandon me. And so I work hard and I try to always be on my best game so that people won't leave me. They'll think I'm important to, be, to have in their life. So I work hard. I constantly go and work and, and, and put energy into, into things because I'm scared of outside things coming in and, and, and hurting or destroying what I have. And so I always want to be 10 steps ahead. I always want to be like anticipate and always see what, what may be coming so I can protect against outside threats that may hurt or ruin what I'm trying to do in life. These are just some of the fears that I have. And so I put an immense amount of effort into a lot of things because I, I'm afraid of those things. And what's interesting, I've only come to realize a lot of that stuff within the past 12 months. As I've been working out, why is it that I put so much value in the things that I do and that, and that when I feel like I'm not being productive, that I'm somehow less or that I'm failing or that people will leave me. Why? And so I'm working out these things, these fears inside of me. And here's the thing about fear. Fear is interesting because fear is like a survival instinct. It works as a survival inst instinct in us. Um, and, and fear, as, as we sit in fear, our bodies are doing certain things when we experience fear. Um, one of the things that science tells us that when we experience fear and we're, and we're sitting in fear, that certain parts of our body reacts a certain way. So all the blood begins to get pumped out of uh, vital organs like our hearts and go into areas of like our arms and legs that activate this fight or flight 
thing inside of us where, you know, when we're afraid, well, you know, your natural instinct is to throw a punch or something or to run away. It's because all the blood is rushing into these ligaments that will allow us to either run or, or fight. And that's what fear does to us. But it also does another thing inside of our brain. When we are afraid, the part of our brain that, that deals with reason and logic and good judgment, those things are impaired in our brain so that other parts of our brain can be more active to help with the fight or flight. Now, this was really, really helpful in, in you know, years past when, when uh, you know, the present dangers of a bear or a cougar coming into your camp and taking you out, you know, and, you, and, and these fears of fight or flight were really helpful. Um, and, uh, but in a world where we have relatively safety day to day, um, fear acts, I think, in a, in a different way. And the science is telling us that fear acts in a different way inside of us. Um, I always laugh at the, at the commercial uh, I think it's a Geico commercial and they're depicting like a horror movie kind of a thing and you have the group of people. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, but uh, they have a group of people and someone's chasing them to murder them like in a, in a horror movie and, uh, and they're together and they're like, where should we go? And, and there's a car that's running that if they just get in the car and they, they could drive away and then there's this, this shack, this shed that has all these axes and like sharp things and they're like, you know, what should we do? And they're looking at the car and they're looking and she goes, let's go to the shed and hide in the shed. And they go in the shed and the murderer's in there like, shaking his head like what do you do like that's that's the epitome of fear that's what it does it makes us do things that are just dumb like why wouldn't you do that well it's because the part of your brain that deals with reason and logic and, ju and good judgment is being impaired in that moment so you don't make good decisions and here's how this plays out in my life as I let fear sit in my heart about the things that I'm afraid of that cause me to act out in ways that are unhealthy to me because I'm not thinking clearly I'm not executing good reason and logic and judgment. So I act out in ways that are unhealthy and harmful to me. I overwork myself. I place all my, my value in the things I do versus who God says that I am. Fear blinds us to the truth that God wants to speak into our life. Almost literally, we can't see it it's hard for us to see it because we're acting out in our fears, acting out in our fears. And so here's the thing. When we talk about entering into God's rest and this concept of Psalm 46, verse 10, there's this idea of be still and know that I am God. Be still, this idea of being able to be still and present and somehow in that, knowing that, and being able to see that God is who he says he is. There is a truth behind this. Now this verse, Psalm 46 verse 10, is powerful. And you're going to see how this correlates to this idea of fear here in a second. Psalm 46 is, is powerful. That verse is amazing. And that's one of those verses like, you know, people have on a piece of wood that's hanging on their wall somewhere in their house, right? Like it's, a, it's like one of those things, right? Those nice things that you, you put out there. And it's great. It's a great verse. But the beauty of this verse is actually found in the entire chapter of Psalm 46. We could take that in isolation and go, yeah, that's good. We can apply it. But when we actually understand Psalm 46 uh, as a whole, it can revolutionize the way that we see what it means to be still. And so for the next few minutes, I want to unpack Psalm 46 for you and see how this all plays out, this ability to be still and know 
that he is God. We're going to see it in Psalm 46 as a whole. Now, a couple things I'll, I'll point out before we get in this. Um, a simple glance at Psalm 46 in your Bibles, if, if you have it, you're going to notice something right out of the gate. Psalm 46 is actually made up of three separate psalms, divided by a statement called Selah, which is simply to mean uh, to, to stop, um, as, as, song, as a psalm would be sung, it would be, this would be the moment to breathe uh, in, in the singing, to stop and breathe. But it also means to stop, breathe, and reflect and to think about what you just did, what you just said. And so you see there's actually three things happening. And when you read this all together, um, there's certain things that are going to pop out. And we're going to pull those things out in a second. But one thing I need uh, to introduce to you, Psalm 46 is what's called, um, um, it's, it's written in what's called a chiasm. Okay, a chiasm. Now, if you never heard that word, chiasm is a literary device found uh, in all throughout the Bible um, in, in different ways and in, and in different places. Um, and if you don't know what a chiasm is, I'll, I'll explain a little bit of what it is, but a simple Google search, chiasms in the Bible, and you'll have months and months of, of reading on, on this topic. Um, but um, a, a chiastic structure is a sequence of ideas presented in order and then reversed back out in, in subsequent order. So, so think of it like a mirror. If you have two mirrors butted up together at an angle, at the, at the center point of that angle, you would see the reverse image of whatever you're looking at. If you're looking straight through, you're going to see the mirror image of that. So think of it, a chiasm is a sequence of ideas, and then those same ideas, reverse order, Brought out. So almost if you were to close it on top of each other, the ideas at the top would match the ideas of the bottom. Then, the, then in, then in, then in. And then when you get to the center is actually the main point in the chiastic structure, uh, structure that the, the writer wants you to understand. And so um, when you look at Psalm 46, and, and I'll show you an illustration in a second, but, but I want to read it to you first, and then I'm going to show it to you, and then we're going to work through this, and then we're going to have a, wow, that's a really cool moment. At least that's my hope. All right. So Psalm 46, um, and, um, and you can follow along. Uh, I'm reading out the New American Standard Bible. So, so if you, you have a different translation, it's going to read a little different, but um, pretty much the same. So um, here, here's how it goes. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change when the mountains are shaken into the heart of the seas, its waters roar and foam. The mountains tremble with its swelling, Selah. There is a river. Its streams make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in her midst. She shall not be moved. God will help at the dawning of the morning. The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. Yahweh of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of Yahweh. What desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease until the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Yahweh of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Psalm 46, 11 verses in your Bibles broken into three divisions. Here's what it looks like when you do the, when you break it down in its chiastic structure. Here's a chart I made. 
Now, in this chart, you're going to see a number of things. This is the best way I could kind of map it out for you. But what you'll see is in verse 1a, and a and b just means it's the same verse, the beginning part and then the end part. So it's divided into two parts. Uh, 1a, God is our refuge and our strength. You look at 11b, the very end. The God of Jacob is our refuge. We see that God is our refuge. You move in, a very present help in trouble. Then 11a, Yahweh of hosts is with us. God is here, right? He's present. He's here. You move in, therefore we will not fear. And 10, be still and know that I'm God. So there's a correlation of in our stillness, we, we are able to let go of the fears that we have. Uh, uh, I love 2b uh, through 4, and then you have 8 through 9. Both are dealing with rule, God ruling over natural calamities at the top and then at the bottom part, the ceasing of war and shattering of spirits. He rules over political calamities so that we see here that God is in charge. Then we're reminded once again that God is here. God is in her midst. Yahweh of hosts is with us, that God is here. And then we get to the center point, verse six, which is broken into two parts. Though the nations raged, he uttered his voice. He uttered his voice. Here's the thing, in chaos and, 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 and uh, disorder, God speaks and he brings order and peace. And what should this remind us of? When does God speak and he orders the chaotic world and brings peace? Genesis 1. Genesis 1, he speaks into the chaotic tovu vavohu and brings order and peace out of it. Shalom. So when we work out this psalm backwards, we see that we are reminded that in the chaos, as the nations rage around us, when God speaks, that's where we find order and peace. And we find out that we're reminded that God is with us in that. We are not alone. God is here. We should be reminded in the midst of the chaos, God is here. And whether it's nat natural calamities that we face and or political calamities, God is in control of all of that. So we should not fear. And we should be still in God's presence because remember, God is here. He is a very present help. And he is our refuge and strength. He is our refuge and strength. The fears I have about making sure that my family's cared for and that I'm, I'm to be everything for them, I need to be reminded that God is their refuge and strength. That doesn't mean I'm ignorant, I should just go quit my job and not care about my bills. I'm not saying that. But I need to remember that just as much as God is my refuge, he is theirs as well. And he will care for them. I need to remember that God is with me. I'm not alone. He is always with me. He is very present in, in times that I need him. And I don't have to worry as much about what's going to happen in the outside because remember, God rules over both natural and political. Whatever happens in the state of our world, God is in control. And whatever happens with COVID and, and the chaos of, of volcanic eruptions and wild things that are going on in earth, it's okay because God's in control. I can be reminded of that. I shouldn't let fears rule over me. I don't have to live in fear. I can be still and know that he is God because as he speaks into my life, I will find peace and wholeness. Though the nations rage, God speaks. And whenever God speaks, he orders chaos and he brings peace. Psalms 46 is the bomb. It's awesome. It's incredible. It's incredible. And it helps me 
It helps me work through. So what does it actually look like to be still and know that he is God? So what we're talking about entering into God's rest is this ability to be still. I can let go of my fears and I can be still and know that he's good. How do I actually do that? So what are we to do? So the call to be still and in that stillness, I can let go of my fears let go of the things that sit in my heart. How does that actually play out in my life? Um, we've been talking about this neuroscientist, Dr. Uh, Carolyn Leaf, and, and uh, uh, in the book that she wrote, um, uh, she talks about this activity of our brains, that our brains are actually uh, made up of two parts, not necessarily left, right brain, those kinds of things, but what she calls the consciousness and non-consciousness parts of our brain. The consciousness and the non-consciousness parts of our brain. And the way that she exp- uh, explains it, the science is that that the non-consciousness parts of our brain is the most active parts of our brains. It's firing nonstop. It's working 24-7 to help inform and direct the conscious parts of our lives. So the conscious parts are the parts I'm doing right now. I'm awake, I'm alive, I'm acting, I'm speaking, I'm talking, I'm, I'm, I'm using memory and, and you know all these things. It's the conscious part. But it's actually the non-consciousness part of my brain that actually fuels that ability to execute the things in my consciousness. Um, that's the that's the part of the brain uh, that's actually helping me act and interact within the world. And this is what she says about what happens uh, 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 with our non-consciousness. She says this, research is showing that when we go into a directed rest, a focused introspective state, now, this isn't, a, a directed rest isn't like, I'm tired, I'm going to watch TV so I can just like tune out, right? That's not, that's not rest. She, she's talking about a focused, intentional quieting of ourselves, stopping what we're doing, reflective, introspective place within our hearts and our minds. When we do that, she says, we enhance and increase the effectiveness of the activity in our non-consciousness. This activity greatly increases gamma waves, which are involved in attention, memory building, and learning. It also is linked to a more positive emotions like happiness. So the science is saying that when we are learning to stop and move into a directed stillness, we actually increase the effectiveness of our non-consciousness, which helps us with our memory and learning, and even science is showing our happiness is linked to this. And I love how Justin said, um, it's interesting to see how science is actually catching up to the Bible. Because God has always called us to be still. Learn to live in stillness. Be still and know that I am God. So the question, how do I learn to be still? That's the question I'm asking of myself as much as I'm presenting to you. How do we actually do this? Luckily, luckily, whether you know it or not, the roadmap has been laid out for you. The roadmap has been laid out. There's a chart, a graph up here you're gonna see here in a second. This is what we've been working through. Is what we've been working through, right? It's this element of entering into God's rest. We choose, we choose what we're going to believe. We capture the negativity and the thoughts and take captive of those things, redirect our brain, brains to the truth and declare it in our lives and renew, uh, renew the parts of our brains that need to be fixed and renewed through prayer, submission, 
even reframing our perspective. So here's how maybe it would work out in an activity daily in your life. In your stillness, recognize that you have the power to choose your beliefs and thoughts. You can win your war. You begin to capture and take captive the lies the enemy makes and make them obedient in your life. Redirect your thoughts to the truth and declare it. Allow your mind to be renewed through prayer, submission, reframing your perspective as you enter into God's rest. The fear and lies no longer have control and you begin to experience the peace that comes from being still. And then the cycle repeats and then the cycle repeats and then the cycle repeats. And the next time you're battling, the cycle repeats. I need to stop. I need to be still. I'm gonna choose in this moment, I'm gonna choose to believe. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna be captive to the lies. I'm actually gonna take captive the lies. I'm gonna be active. And I'm gonna redirect. Nope, there's truth that God says and I'm gonna declare those over my life. I'm gonna declare them. And then I need to, I need to reprogram my brain because these lies keep popping up. I need to repro- how am I reprogramming? I need to sit in submission to what God asked me to do. I need to pray. I need to invite him in that journey. I need to be involved in the scriptures to understand what he's saying, right? I need to reframe my perspective. There's a statement I've, I've used in business throughout the years as I've, I've trained managers and, and, uh, and then it actually is transferred into our, our home in, in uh, conflict. Uh, uh, we always talk about, we make the statement, uh, always assume the best. My kids could say it to you. Jane could say it to you. We always talk when there's like, oh, I can't believe, da, da, da. Always assume the best. Did they actually mean that? Are you assuming the best or are you assuming the worst? Reframing your perspective, right? Will I choose to assume the best or will I choose to assume the worst, right? Reframing, we renew our minds by doing these activities and the cycle repeats and repeats and repeats. So here's what I wanna leave you with we wrap up this morning when you leave this place today you have a choice you can continue fighting your war inside your mind and heart the way you always have you could change nothing and you might win that war and you might not or you could try something new and different. You could try this cycle. You can try something different. What do you have to lose? Many of you have been fighting this war in your hearts and minds for so long and you haven't been able to, to overcome it. So we're up here to say, you can try something different. You can be still, enter into that, choose capture, redirect, renew, and enter again over and over again. You can try a different way. And that's what I want to invite you into, is that you would try a different way. And you would try it over and over and over again because these wars will be there. And I'm not saying I have that war in my brain, the fears I've shared with you kicked yet. I'm not saying I have them conquered yet but I am trying to be still. Trying to be still. I'm trying to choose. I don't want to believe those things. I don't want to live that way. So I'm going to take captive those lies 
that if I don't produce enough, people will leave me. That's a lie. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take captive that and I'm gonna redirect my mind to the truth. That no matter what happens in my life, God will never leave me. And actually my value isn't tied up to what I do for people. I'll have to, you know, renew, sit time in prayer, be reminded of that, submit myself to God and, and, and what he tells me to be still. I'll have to renew my mind. I have to choose, reframe my perspective. I have to do that work, to do that work. And when that lie creeps up again, I have to go through the process again. That's what I'm learning to do. That's what I'm learning to do. And I invite you to join me in that process of learning to do it together. But it's your choice. It's your choice. As we take a minute to pray, I'd invite you into um, to sit and consider what this would look like for you. Daily activity and weekly activity in your lives and what ways that maybe you would want to step into this. What ways are you, are you challenged um, to enter into this cycle, to be transformed be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that cycle. Would you take a minute and let God speak to you this morning? Would you pray with me?